You know my method. It is founded upon the observation of trifles, said Sherlock Holmes. You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Bill Rutenberg, your host, and with me today is Dr. Mark Cannon. Dr. Cannon is a clinical associate professor of pediatric dentistry at Children's Memorial Hospital in Chicago, Illinois. He is a past president of the Illinois Society of Dentistry for Children. Dr. Cannon is the author of over 50 scientific papers, lectures nationally and internationally, and in his spare time maintains an active dental practice in Long Grove, Illinois. Hi, Dr. Cannon. Thanks for joining us at the Clinician's Roundtable. Thank you. Today we are discussing dental clues to systemic illness. How did it happen historically that dentists started to play a very, very important role in the detection of systemic illness? Well, there's been studies going back even until the 1800s where dentists noticed correlation between dental health and overall systemic health. So we've always known there's a correlation, and since then there's been studies going back to prehistoric times even where they've unearthed, you know, prehistoric remains, the skulls and dentition. There are studies going back where they've looked at different population groups. For instance, their studies have been done on indigenous American Indian groups. And in these indigenous Indian groups, they found that the dental condition closely resembled what was going on with the overall health of the individual. Now, the theories are that if something happens early on during, like, pregnancy or early development, those changes that occur to the dentition, they never get repaired. So it's a clue as to what happened in the early development of that individual and that disorder, that immune response, whatever that was that happened environmentally, is then that clue is what happened to them later on in life that predisposed them to perhaps an early demise. What currently are the systemic diseases that are most commonly picked up by a dentist or during an oral examination? During oral examinations, for instance, you often see in kids who are prematurely born, over 50% of them will have enamel defects of their incisors. And it's even called pre-enamel. That's the term we use for it. That's because, again, during birth, or early birth in this case, the enamel is disrupted and during its formation, and that doesn't repair itself. So you can always see that. You can always find that. Another one is coronary disease. Any type of cardiac disease, 80% of those kids will show disruptions in the enamel. Is that also true in adults, that they're going to have dental disease associated with heart disease? Yes, and in fact, it depends on how long the cardiac disease goes on before significant treatment. So it's the horse before the car- cardiac disease followed by the dental disease? Right, and also, if you have a situation where you have severe oral pathology, that can predispose you to cardiac disease. Now, there's I mean, a lot of studies done on that. Let's go back to, like, the Mexico studies. Yeah, too. please do. Okay. They showed that in the population who had suffered coronary events, there was a great predisposition of people for that if they've had numerous teeth extracted. In other words, at one time, they had a number of dental abscesses. In fact, they found correlation even between full dentures and cardiac disease. How does the infection correspond or cause the cardiac disease? Is there a cause and effect result? It goes back to good old Porphyromonas gingivalis, which is one of our 
big problems in dentistry. That's a great term. Could tell us what it means. Well, it's one of the bacteria we find in dental abscesses. Unfortunately, it's very common in the periodontium and around teeth. It's one of the main bacteria in periodontal disease. Unfortunately, the engine appearance of it is similar to that of blood vessel lining, endothelium. Sort of what happens in rheumatic fever, it sounds like. Yeah, it's an immune response. And what happens is it predisposes you to atherosclerosis. The other effect is that these give off cytokines like crazy, interleukin-1, interleukin-6. You have issues with TNF-alpha. Which is tumor necrosis factor. factor alpha. And these cytokines cause an immune response in the body. And even with the matrix metalloproteinases, that's one of the things, too. I know this is slightly off the subject. No, go ahead. But it's to me, it's fascinating. Some of our bonding agents and procedures activate the MMPs. Again, MMP is? The matrix metalloproteinases, such as collagenase. And what okay. we found was that it actually stimulated the dissolution of collagen in the dentin. Now, think about that. That predisposes to hybrid zone. That's a bonding area between the plastic filling material and the dentin. Okay. It causes it to break down in about four to five years. Well, that would be a bad thing to use for orthopedic appliances <laughs> it like certainly hip would. replacements and, and knee prosthesis. So we have to be very careful on the effect that all of our materials have because the body tends to respond to them. Now, this is the same issue they've had with diabetes. A very high proportion of people who have uncontrolled diabetes when they've done studies, there's been large clinical studies on this, they've shown that they have uncontrolled periodontal disease. They get the periodontal disease controlled and the diabetes is far easier to control. For those of you who are just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMDXM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Bill Rutenberg, and with me today is Dr. Mark Cannon. We are discussing how the dentist diagnoses systemic illness. So you were talking about diabetes and oral disease. Could you go further into that? This is just great. Well, they always kind of thought that the people who had uh, this terrible periodontal disease had it because the diabetes wasn't well controlled. A sugar which factor? Make sense. Which, no, it makes sense. I mean, if you have uncontrolled diabetes, your healing is greatly compromised, so it would make sense that your oral condition would be worse. But now we've shown that the reverse is also true, that if you control periodontal disease, that the diabetes is much easier to control. So if you get the person on a good treatment, adjunctive treatment, and in fact, there was just a study done utilizing Arrestin, which is a minocycline product that's placed within the periodontal pockets, and that would help actually control the diabetes because it fights off the infection. The infection is causing the diabetes to be worse. It's a chronic infection that is somehow triggering more problems with the insulin. So we can go on to premature birth and pregnancy, yeah. same thing. Studies done overseas, a large number of them, like in Central and Latin America, like the Columbia study, they showed, again, that if you provide good oral health maintenance to pregnant women, they're far more likely to have full-term babies. And it's tremendous. The stats are tremendous. A C-reactive protein is twice as high in people with uncontrollable periodontal disease. So you look at these studies, and they are so tremendous and their significance that even the, if you can believe this, I'm going to use some bad words here, health insurance industry. Oh, my favorite topic. Yeah, medical insurance. They've come out and stated that 
major carriers who have medical and dental care, they're actually going to be paying for an extra dental checkup a year. Oh, so this is a good thing they're because doing. Because they found it actually saves them money when it comes to treatment of diabetes, coronary disease, premature birth, all the problems that you have. Do you know if they'll cover also the blood work that may be involved? I I understand dentists are beginning to do, you know, Oh, there's a lot screening. more a lot more screening because when you see people three times a year for a regular checkup, of course, blood pressure screening, all that, oral facial examination for cancer, all becomes so much more important because you can you have that population that's set on coming in and they come in regularly and you check them before things get really bad. Again, I'm a pediatrician, so if you had any other comments about the prematurity and not abortion, but miscarriage. Yeah, miscarriage rate has been greatly related to also the oral health of the mother. And there's other issues, though, too, we can't forget. They're not as clear-cut yet, but pneumonia is one. That's fascinating. Is that, again, because of chronic bacterial infection, or do they have other ideas? Aspiration of the bacteria from uh, the mouth. Of course. And, in fact, there's been some studies done in nursing homes where they've gone in and cleaned the people's mouths, full cleanings on a regular basis. The pneumonia rate drops by over half, and that's the only thing they've done. That is fascinating. Hospitals ought to do that as part of their routine admissions on people in long-term care. Well, I see it because I'm a dentist, and I've gone to pediatric nursing homes. But you walk in the room, everything's fairly clean, you know, as clean as nursing homes will be. And then you look in the mouth, and it's the most horrific smell. I mean, it's gangrenous smell coming out. And, in fact, it's called acute necrotizing ulcerative gingivitis. And you have the worst bacteria growing in there. Of course, that affects the health of the patient. And, of course, they aspirate that all the time, too. And, of course, it leads to pneumonia and many other problems. AIDS, major problem. I'm sure that their susceptibility to infection must also wreak havoc in the mouth. Are there things that a pediatrician is going to see or a family practitioner is going to see that might tip them off to the fact that this person may actually have HIV? Yes, it's not just HIV. We've had kids who've come in with unusual infections, and those unusual infections almost always have some type of systemic background. There was one not too long ago who was diagnosed with leukemia, and they came in first with a dental infection that looked out of control and far greater than it should have been considering the history. So, yeah, pediatric dentists and dentists in general have to look for infections, and if they don't seem to be normal, a full workup of the patient is required. Now, in pediatric cases with AIDS, we always know the patient has that before they come in because they've already been diagnosed, obviously, because of how it's transmitted normally. And we've run into situations with unusual infections, you know, yeast infections and fungal infections that we would not normally see in a patient. A lot of athletes, although they shouldn't be taking steroids, do so. Is there any tip-offs when one goes to the dentist that might suggest to the healthcare professional that this person's sneaking some steroids on the side? It's really kind of funny in a way because... There was a study done, I don't know if it's ever been repeated or not, but they did a study and they showed an increased occurrence of midline diastemas, that is, a spacing of the upper incisors in people who used steroids. And it was really interesting because when it was presented, the author showed a lot of 
photographs, facial photographs of major athletes, and sure enough, everyone he showed had some unique spacing of their incisors, and this is due to some stimulation of jaw growth. I thought it was really interesting myself. I don't know, again, if it's ever been repeated, and I'm, I'm sure he might be afraid of some lawsuits if he just went out and diagnosed uh, steroid <laughs> use simply from facial photographs. But, yeah, they do tend to have some you know, great muscular changes and skeletal changes, and one of them is there's some interesting jaw growth that occurs. But we do know that, of course, hormonal changes affect everything, sure. including jaw joints. Sure. And, and pediatricians run into this, especially with young teenagers, where they start developing headaches and issues with clicking and popping of the jaw joints. I'd like to thank Dr. Mark Cannon for spending his time with us today. We've been discussing clues to systemic illnesses manifesting as dental disease. I'm Dr. Bill Rutenberg. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 157 the channel for medical professionals. For questions and comments, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com or visit us at reachmd.com. Thanks for listening. I wish you good day and good health.